there's a new governor in Virginia. I, Glenn Youngkin, do solemnly swear. He's promised to bring a shift in pandemic policy. We can beat COVID-19 without infringing on the individual liberties that we hold so dear. Within hours of taking the oath of office, Governor Glenn Youngkin signed two executive orders. One, allowing parents to decide whether their children should wear masks, regardless of the school's rules. And two, he ended the vaccine mandate for state employees. So what does this mean as the Commonwealth continues to fight the Omicron surge? WTOP's Nick Ionelli has been covering the Youngkin campaign for months. He also got to travel with Youngkin during his first days in office. Nick joins us this week to tell us what he saw in those first days and to explain the changing tide in the Commonwealth's stance on COVID-19. All right, so Nick, as we start to try to understand this market shift in pandemic policy in Virginia, let's go back to the start, Inauguration Day, and that prayer breakfast you first went to. Sure. There are many people in a gathered space and there wasn't a mask in sight. How Mm -hmm. different was that scene than what you've seen, you know, in uh, administration past? Yeah, it is is totally different uh, as it relates to masks. And you're talking about the prayer breakfast, which was uh, the morning of the inauguration. There was a a room packed with hundreds of people and uh, really important people. And the former U.S. House Speaker Paul Ryan was there, Mm. in addition to all of the statewide officials who were inaugurated that day. Not only Governor Yunkin himself, but also his new Attorney General Jason Meares was there, his Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears, the first woman of color to hold statewide office in Virginia, just by the way. I mean, all of these people were there and nobody was wearing a mask and it was close quarters. This Mm. wasn't a really big room. It was just a regular kind of banquet hall in a hotel and everybody was packed in real tight. No one was wearing a mask. Now, myself, I had just gotten over COVID about two months ago, Mm. but fortunately I was fine after. So I wasn't really worried because I have the natural immunity now. When I was in this group of people with no masks, I wasn't feeling on edge. But had I not gotten COVID, I'm sure that during that period of time, uh, I would have felt uneasy. And I probably would have just assumed that I was going to get COVID given that environment. Right. Yeah, because you were really in the thick of it, bumping shoulders and talking to everyone as you should as a reporter there. So what did that tell you, this first kind of event of this governorship, about what was to come? Well, it was pretty obvious. And also, if you listen to Glenn Youngkin on his campaign trail, he was going to bring a shift in attitude toward some of the precautions that the Northern administration had put into place. Uh, there was the statewide mask mandate for schools that we know was uh, impacted immediately upon Governor Youngkin's inauguration. Uh, So when I looked around and I saw that, I wasn't particularly surprised. I was maybe just a little bit taken aback by the difference in attitude personally from, let's say, uh, maybe the attorney general who got inaugurated that day or the lieutenant governor. I spoke to the lieutenant governor, Winsome Sears, and there was just no hesitation whatsoever for Winsome Sears to just walk right up to me and start talking very close and without a mask. Well, I think it's time that the mask mandates do come down. You know, we're all adults and we know how to keep each other safe. No worry detected on her face, no no hesitation. Again, I had just recovered from COVID, so I wasn't wearing a mask, she wasn't wearing a mask. It felt really different. Again, in the immediate DC area, we forget. Sometimes we live in a bubble and we forget that outside of here, it's, it's different. And it was really different that day. And certainly in Richmond and just outside of here, it is completely a different attitude and a different culture when it comes to the masks. All right. So the prayer breakfast ends. And just before 
Youngkin is inaugurated as the 74th governor. He meets with Northam. What was that meeting like? I do have a, a story for you that you're really going to, I think, find interesting. Let's hear it. Okay, so a uh, small group of reporters that followed Youngkin around on Inauguration Day. We were ushered into the Virginia Capitol building before the inauguration ceremony, and uh, there stands Governor Ralph Northam, then Governor Ralph Northam. And he's uh, just standing in a room that we just walked into, and he's wearing a mask. And so... Uh, mm. I put my mask on. Uh, I did not have my mask on, as we discussed, because nobody was wearing a mask. But when I walked in there and I saw he was wearing a mask, I said, "Okay, I'll put my mask on. Uh, I don't want to make him feel uncomfortable. So I I walk up to him uh, along with a couple other reporters and we're talking with him. We're talking about what he plans to do. He went back to his medical practice, by the way, he said. Mm. And we talked with him for a while about whether or not Governor Yunkin can bring people together, as as Yunkin was saying. Mm. And Northam wore a mask throughout the entire thing. Mm. And so uh, after we were done talking with him, I walked away and I was kind of talking with some other reporters there. And I said, wow, it's going to look really weird on camera when Yunkin walks in the door not wearing a mask. So I was like, what is this image going to be? Yunkin's going to walk in the door not wearing a mask. Northam's going to be wearing a mask. It's not going to be the best image. It's just not going to look so great. And uh, like maybe a minute after that, Uh, Northam comes over toward our direction and he has a private conversation with someone that we kind of overhear. And he says, yeah, I'm going to take the mask off. I mean, that that goes right to what you're saying, the shift in tone. Northam went along with that shift in tone with that one action, taking off the mask. Youngkin is coming in without a mask. And so that gives you uh, an idea. And and just as an aside on all this, uh, the inauguration with Northam and Youngkin and everything, it was just such a respectful thing, such a a respect for the transfer of power, the peaceful transfer of power, the exact opposite of what we saw on January 6th in Washington. Uh, Youngkin said something to the effect uh, directly to Northam. He said, uh, the whole state can see how much you love Virginia. And then they they had a moment of, Mm. uh, you know, of just talking and and being friendly with each other. And it was, um, like I said, it was the opposite of what we've seen in Washington in the last, in the last few years. So that was refreshing to see. Uh, but yeah, the change in tone in the pandemic, it was front and center in, in, in every way, in, in all the uh, actions that they did with the masks and, and the words and, and the language they're using. Uh, yeah, totally different, as you said. Totally different. So by noon that same day, Inauguration Day, mm-hmm. uh, Youngkin was sworn in as the 74th governor of Virginia. And within his first speech as governor, you know, he really hit these key points of the government shouldn't tell you what to do. So how does that key campaign message really play into how he'll deal with COVID? He came right out swinging against local governments and local control as far as the schools go. He's saying that school systems and local governments shouldn't be telling individuals what they can and can't do. He's saying that he's giving power to the parents, and especially with the mask mandate. And uh, we talked about this off the air a little bit. I had tweeted a couple of things during that inauguration day. But the two things that got by far the most attention Mm. nationwide were when Governor Yunkin signed the executive order on mask mandates. He took out a pen, brought the executive order to his desk, and he said, This executive order particularly addresses the rights of parents to, in fact, make a decision with regards to whether their children wear a mask in school. So that's what he said. And he signed it. And I had uh, recorded that with my phone and I tweeted it. And almost immediately it took off and eventually it got one million views. Mm. 
And the second big tweet was also about the mask mandate. It was when I had asked Governor Yunkin about his response to Arlington County Public Schools. Arlington County Public Schools, let's just say it like it is, they were provocative on Inauguration Day. Mm. They wanted a fight. They did. Governor Yunkin wants a fight. Arlington County wants a fight. And on Inauguration Day itself, Arlington County tweeted out that it was not going to follow the governor's order regarding letting parents make the decision about masks. So when I asked Yunkin about this, he said, We will use every resource within the governor's authority to explore what, we're, what we can do and will do in order to make sure that parents' rights are protected. Essentially, he said, well, we're going to give parents the power to make decisions, and if school systems don't want to go along with that, they're going to face our wrath. They're going to face whatever we're going to put out there. He, did, he wasn't specific, but he said, we're going to use state resources, and we're going to make them follow the order, is basically what he said. And, and that video of him saying that generated such a greater response out of anything that uh, I personally have ever tweeted or, or even covered in my career. It circulated all around the nation and it got six million views and it was retweeted by the White House spokesperson, Chen Saki. And that just gives you an idea of the emotion and just the momentum behind this issue. Right. Anybody with kids probably has a pretty strong opinion on it. Maybe they don't but if you talk to someone with children in a school system and you talk about the local government control that you're talking about and, and government officials, school officials telling people what they can or can't do, they're probably going to have a strong opinion about it. Right. So within the first literal hours of his governorship, the first political fight has started. So you covered the campaign for weeks. What do you see happening from what you covered during the campaign going forward? I think it's just going to be fights, uh, <laughs> the political fights. Yunkin voters, not saying anything bad or good about it, Yunkin voters really enjoyed watching him face that camera that day when I asked him about Arlington County Public Schools, and he laid down the law. He said, if these school systems don't want to follow the order, we're going to go after them and we're going to make sure that they do follow the order. Again, he wasn't specific about it, but he, he said He's going to stand up for what he believes in, and he's going to make sure that the school systems follow it. Whether or not that is all going to happen, we don't know yet. We know that pretty much every Northern Virginia school system has said, uh, no, we're going to continue requiring masks across the board, despite Governor Yunkin's order, which tells parents explicitly that they have the right to tell their kids whether or not they should wear a mask in school. And basically the parents under the order, according to what the order says, can ignore mask mandates locally. Uh, and yeah, these Northern Virginia school districts have said, no, we're not going to follow the order. We're going to ignore it. And that's going to create a, a battle as it has already, a legal battle. And I think we're going to see a lot of that. Uh, the Yunkin administration battling against uh, particularly the uh, more liberal areas like Northern Virginia. We're going to see that. He's been an aggressive campaigner throughout his campaign for governor. And he's starting off just like that. He's being aggressive. And uh, Yunkin voters are going to absolutely love that, especially with the mask mandates and the things that they don't like when it comes to the government telling them what they can or can't do. And Democrats who are strongly against that kind of thing, uh, they're going to hate that. Right. And it's such a market shift from the previous administration. You know, mm -hmm. I think you talk about the D.C. area and how different it was. What do you think Governor Yunkin being governor and kind of shifting Virginia's stance on the 
pandemic, what effect do you think that will have on our region, whether you're in Maryland or D.C. or, or Northern Virginia? Okay, so so let me back up a little bit. Personally, I think Glenn Youngkin is a really effective politician. He's never been a politician before. And just going by that fact, seeing what he did on the campaign and listening to his inauguration speech, objectively, I think that anybody who's looking at the situation can say that, wow, this guy really knows what he's doing. He can connect with people and he's a really, really good politician. And I I wouldn't be surprised if he became a major face of the Republican Party very soon. And we're going to see how effective he is in the next weeks. I mean, Mm. this is going to shape his future, depending on how successful he is in these fights that we're talking about. If he's steamrolled by the courts on the mask issue, that will lessen his credibility and his effectiveness. It'll make him look weak, frankly, and that won't be so good for him. But let's face it, the pandemic is probably not going to last forever. And you know what? This whole mask debate might actually outlast this really bad part of the pandemic that we're in. Mm. Maybe the debate is still going to be going on when the pandemic is starting to wind down and look more like it did uh, earlier last year when we all thought it was over. Right. And I want to leave this one contentious executive order for a minute and go to the other said that state workers don't have to get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want to talk a little bit about does Youngkin support vaccines and what is his sort of pandemic plan to mitigate this pandemic that's still around? I think this goes back to what I said him being a really effective politician. I mean, he, he made campaign promises, and so far he's kept all the promises that I can see. And one of them pertains to the vaccine. He said all throughout the campaign, from start to finish, that he was in favor of vaccines. He doesn't deny the science on vaccines. He got vaccinated. His wife got vaccinated. Mm-hmm. He got the booster shot. He has said repeatedly, exhaustively, that he is supportive of vaccines. The one thing that he will not tolerate, as he said, and and as he's shown, is government telling people that they need to get this COVID vaccine. I think the bottom line is he stands firmly in favor of vaccines to fight this pandemic. But for whatever reason, for his personal beliefs, uh, his quote-unquote conservative values, uh, whatever you want to call it, he says individuals should not be forced to get the vaccine. And that's how he's governed. So far, he did whatever he could through executive order to do away with the vaccine mandates that that were on the books. And what he says he wants to do is um, do a lot more in promoting the vaccine. So using the state resources, marketing the vaccine, reaching out to communities maybe where the vaccine is uh, not as accessible as it is in other places. He wants to get the message out that the vaccine is a good thing but that at the same time, he really does not want it mandated and he, he won't stand for mandates. And as he's shown, whenever he can, he'll use his power to do away with mandates. Right. And so if you're a Virginia parent, what would you point them to to try and figure this all out? What do you look towards and what are you looking for as you try to keep your kids safe and then also, right. you know, live as you want to live? Right. So right now, this order on masks this order from Yunkin telling parents that they can tell their kids to defy mask mandates at school, this order is going to be involved in legal challenges for a while. Mm. And I think something significant that Governor Yunkin just did was he's telling parents to listen to the principal at their school, uh, at least until this is all settled. I don't think this is going to be settled for, for a bit. But uh, yeah, Governor Yunkin said, listen to your principal. And I think that's a tone shift also. We were talking about shifts in tone. Yeah. 
That's a shift in tone for Youngkin. That's a less aggressive stance mm. than he's been taking, especially right. in that video we talked about, the, the Twitter video where he said, yeah. Arlington County, follow my order or, or else, or we're coming after you. <laughs> this, is, this is different. It says, listen to your principal while this order is pending. Uh, Youngkin does also make sure to, to say that he's really uh, confident that he's going to prevail in this legal battle that is undoubtedly going to be happening for a little while now. He says... Listen to your principal. And I think that that's probably the best message for parents. Right, right. So kids don't go into school and say, hey, the governor says I don't have to wear a mask. Exactly. That sort of thing. And yeah, and as we said, it's a complicated issue. And another really confusing thing, under Youngkin's administration, the Virginia Department of Health and the Virginia Department of Education, they jointly came out and they said that they have new guidance emphasizing personal responsibility mm. instead of across-the-board mask rules. And uh, just reading from it, it says, Regions with restrictive masking policies and practices have shown similar rates of transmission as regions with less restrictive mask policies. There is presently a lack of consensus among health experts regarding the costs and benefits of mask wearing for children in school. Okay, so that... That actually goes against the CDC, which right. says, which recommends yeah. that students wear masks. Mm-hmm. And that is at the heart of the debate and the argument against Yunkin's order, because the CDC recommendations under Virginia law, school systems, at least this is what Virginia law states, according to those who are arguing this, Virginia law states the school districts can follow CDC guidelines. And CDC guidelines are students should wear masks. Mm. But... Under Yunkin's leadership so far, Virginia's Department of Health and Virginia's Department of Education have said, well, actually, there's a lack of consensus. So if you're a Virginia parent and you're seeing that and you're seeing the CDC, you don't have any idea which one to go with, really. I mean, and and also Mm. the Virginia chapter of the American Academy of Pediatrics, after that new guidance came out from the Department of Health and Department of Education in Virginia, The American Academy of Pediatrics in Virginia released a statement saying it strongly recommends students wear masks, regardless of vaccination status, to slow the spread of the virus. There's a mixed messaging and back and forth. Right. So you have every recommendation there could be, and it's all being given by legitimate departments, legitimate people. So you don't know really what to do. I think probably the best advice for parents at this point is do what you're comfortable with. Uh, I mean, cause if you don't want your kid to wear a mask, you can mm. follow the direction of the Virginia Department of Health, the Virginia Department of Education guidance. You can follow that. You can point to that. And that's yeah. legitimate. If you do want them to wear a mask, you can point to the CDC or the right. American Academy of Pediatrics. So I would never, ever say to a parent or anybody whether they should wear a mask or not wear a mask. But these legitimate departments, these legitimate agencies... Now in the transition, new leadership in Virginia, it's it's all over the place. Yeah. And no one really knows what to do, frankly. It's a real novel situation for Virginia parents because if you think of other states, there's kind of a cohesive message. And state to state, it might differ. Mm-hmm. But in Virginia, there is not a cohesive message. Not um, at all right not now. Not at all. So. No, at least not right now. Yeah. It's not normal yet. <laughs> it's not normal yet. Yeah. Well, that actually <laughs> reminds me of my final question. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, in this sense of normalcy, which this mm-hmm. podcast is trying to understand and, you know, figure out when, not wearing a mask is normal, you know, so, right. and there are other places in the country that are more, you know, quote unquote, normal. So do you yeah. think 
Youngkin will make this region, you know, I guess for better for worse as far as the pandemic goes, more normal. No. Uh, <laughs> you say, I fundamentally disagree with something you just said. You said that wearing a mask is not normal. I think that that was true, let's say, three years ago. Fair. But, Very fair. Uh, I don't think that we, we will never, ever see Very a fair. society without people wearing masks ever again. Mm. Okay? That's just, that's what's going to happen. We will always right. see people with masks on. Always, forever. That will be normal. Not everybody. We're not going to see mask mandates or anything like that. But I, mm. I, it's just obvious. It's an obvious change. From now on, you are going to have people in society who are sick, feeling like they have a cold or whatever, and they will put on a mask, especially those who are growing up with this right now, these kids in these school systems, right? Mm. These kids in these school systems, in Northern Virginia especially, that are saying we're going to require masks, even though the governor says we can't require masks. Mm. These kids in their formative years, are do you really think that they're not going to wear a mask when they feel sick and they're older? I mean, it's instilled, right? I think that this is going to be an issue that we're always, always going to see. So in that way, I think that we've had a change forever, uh, and we are always going to see these masks around. But uh, everything else is not normal for now. And uh, (laughs) we may see things start to get normal later. But, yeah, the mask thing, I think that is a quote-unquote new normal for sure. Well, all right. Thanks, Nick. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. This was fun. On Thursday, a Page County mother threatened Virginia school administrators over masking in schools. That's not happening. And I will bring every single gun loaded and ready to, I I will call every... That's three minutes. Amelia Ruffner King was arrested on Friday, but was released on bond. And on Sunday, former FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb told CBS News that Youngkin's order banning mask mandates in schools is premature. Look, I think it is too soon to do that because a lot of schools have built their preparations around the use of masks. And whatever we want to say about the benefit that masks are providing, it's providing some benefit. And a lot of schools that couldn't implement social distancing, couldn't implement testing or relying on masks as their only tool. So to withdraw it right at the peak of the epidemic, I think is imprudent. We should wait. I think within two weeks we'll be able to make that decision. But Gottlieb did say there needs to be an off-ramp for school mask mandates at some point. So I think policymakers stepping in and saying, look, we're going to put an endpoint on this when prevalence declines to a certain level and in sticking to it is very prudent. He said once a region sees around 10 cases per 100,000 people per day, that's when a school can safely lower their mask mandate. As of Monday morning, Virginia is reporting a daily rate of 168 cases per 100,000 people. This episode was hosted and produced by me, Luke Garrett. Our cover art was created by cartoonist Audrey Garrett, and our music is courtesy of Locksbeat. Join me next Monday as the world recovers.